The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another action-packed episode of Hanging with the Hitman. I am Todd Gilbert. And I'm Brett Fortney, the hitman. Action-packed, man. That means, like, do we have stunt doubles? Um, I do. I don't know about you. Oh. Um, yeah, I do. I definitely do, yeah. I didn't know you There's had so a stunt many double. people that tell me I, So many people tell me that I look like, or people look like me. That guy that's on a show, a show called Chicago Med, who is a psychiatrist on that show, can't remember his name, but they always say, is that your, is, are you related to that guy? <laughs> no, I'm not. You should be catching checks, man. Be cashing them checks. You no, know, no. He's a good actor, but no, it's not me. If you, you know, I guess I'm flattered because he's a pretty good actor. Right on. Can't think of his name. Can't think <laughs> of his name right at the second. But it's like Oswald or something like that. It's something. Look it up. It's the psychiatrist on uh, Chicago Med. Google anyway, it. Go- Google it, kids. It's what it's for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yes. man. And and for those of you wondering what it's like in our neck of the woods today as the day we're taping this, it is 90 degrees outside and I am not leaving the house. So, I would just out it was like 84. I'm like, you know, and I don't know what it is. Probably because I'm getting older, my blood is getting thinner or something because I'm not too hot right now. Now, a few minutes, you know, probably if I go do something near upstairs because I'm down in the basement where it's nice and cool. If I go upstairs, it's literally a 30-degree difference. Dang. I swear to God, it feels like it anyway. <laughs> it's not, but it feels like. <laughs> no, I went outside you know, to go like grab I went outside to go grab lunch and I'm like, oh wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michigan folks. Yeah. In this and it's not even summer yeah. yet. Not even. Yeah. See, that's what I think. I don't think that we get spring anymore. I think it's just winter. Something in the middle with some rain and then summer. That's all we get. We don't mm-hmm. get spring anymore. We don't. really don't. It's been like this for the last few years. I've noticed it. Yeah. It's not just me. I don't think. I you're, don't not think gonna, you're not going to tell me global warming isn't real. Um. <laughs> tell them, hey, 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 tell those, uh, tell those, uh, those bears that are floating on a piece of ice over <laughs> there in Antarctica that there's no such thing as global warming. Right. But anyway. Those poor polar bears. Those polar bears. Polar bears. Life Mm -hmm. isn't always as easy as the Coca-Cola polar bear makes it look. Nope. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) we've had... uh, Bring it down. I know, right? So we've had some requests and some people who have been listening to us from the beginning. And I'm talking about... Like the way back when we had our podcast, like what, two years ago, when we first started doing this off and yeah. on yeah. that really mm-hmm. enjoyed some of the segments that we used to do. And 
So we decided, it, you know, your wish is our command. You know, you want us to kick it old school. None, neither of us are going to complain about kicking it old school. I'll tell you that much. No, so I'm we're old gonna, school. I'm old school. We both are very old school. You are too. Yeah. Yeah. So in honor of kicking it old school, we're bouncing back to some segments we're going to keep in the show. And first up is celebrity birthdays. And check this out because they're all pretty old. <laughs> So <laughs> as of this record, oh wait, I should have done it as of, well. Ah, oh, I what messed happened? up. I did it, the what? history of as of the day we're recording this, not the day it comes oh. out. Oh, oh. Well, we can just say it's the day of we're recording it. Oh, whatever. You can just say whatever you want. To do. <laughs> oh man, I can hold on. I can I can do this. I can do this. So, see, see, I thought I was, no, no, it's fine. I thought I was prepared, Um, but surprise, surprise. While Todd is sweating, while Todd is sweating and trying to capture something real quick, I'm going to go out of frame for a sec. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving me a sip. I'm giving me a sip. Hold on. I'm good. You got it? Uh, Okay. So, today's birthdays. All right. Hi. (laughs) I got it figured out now. Go me. Woohoo! Okay, today's birthday is for this, the June fifth episode of our show. Today, actor Mark Wahlberg is fifty-one years old. He's got some good movies. Come on, man. come on! I mean, I mean, he ain't just you know. It ain't just feel it, feel it, you know. <laughs> no, he does have some good music. He does have some good music, but I really one thing that I disliked that at the beginning, anyway, he was really that cool with that song being introduced when he came out onto like a talk show, he'd say, you play that, I'm going to leave. So, you know, that's what made him in his underwear and all that stuff. That's cool. But anyway, feel it, that's feel it. Little... Come on, come uh, bassist Pete Wentz is 43 years old. Oh boy, right? Yep. Yep. He's from, yep. Actor Nick Kroll is 44. DJ Mustard. That's a thing. Mm. It's 32. Mustard on the beat. Mm-hmm. Is that really a thing? Wow. Yes. And uh, you know how people, uh, DJs <laughs> or, or record producers have their little stamp at the beginning of a song, yeah. whatever. His is, his is Mustard on the Beat. So whenever you hear a song that says Mustard on the Beat right at the beginning, that's his. He produced it. Or the man who taught us how to count in R&B singing, Brian McKnight, is 53. One, one, ten, two, you know. Uh, two. <laughs> soap opera actress Barbara DeRegel, I don't know who that is, is 35. Uh, let's see here. I'm going past ones that we have no clue who these people are. Uh, oh, oh, everybody's heard this guy at the dentist office or a doctor's office. Hmm. Kenny G is 66 years old today. Oh. And that is our birthdays for hmm. today. Sad, isn't it? I'd like, I like to make a little comment about that. Yeah, it is. I'd like to make a little, little comment about Kenny G. This is kind of funny. Every t- you know, I told you this before, that every day something happens. I was watching a show today where somebody was talking about Kenny G, that somebody bought Kenny G's house, like one of the Kardashians or something. And, okay. Uh, one of the guys says, for that much? For playing the saxophone? Here's what the guy, no, he actually <laughs> said, for playing the court. I don't know what he said. He didn't say saxophone, but he said, um, so anyway, Kenny G um, loved him back in the day when I 
you know, DJ weddings because he was a soundtrack to almost 75% of the weddings that I did back in the day for dinner music, that is, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so anytime a Kenny G song comes on anywhere, somehow, like, in an elevator or in a Target or something, I don't know, I cringe just a little bit. It's like, it's like going in there and you hear some kind of wonderful. Yes, that's the one. You know? That's called Silhouette, and that's the one I'm talking about. That song is called Silhouette. That's. I don't know if, how I feel about you knowing that. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I have to. I, have to. <laughs> I mean, do you really, though? I mean, mind you, I will never be playing a Kenny. G, I will never. Be, I won't play a Kenny G greatest hits or anything. Just hanging out at the house, you know. Are you sure? Um, that's just not me. But at weddings, they work great. What mm-hmm. the song I'm talking about? Are you, are you sure you'll never just what? sit at home? Is that what you're playing? talking about? It might not be. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you sure you don't just sit at home no, playing? No, uh... I never will. But you know, <clears throat> but you know what? A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I picked up a couple of Barbara Streisand's old CDs that I didn't have from before, from the uh. '60s. You know, so maybe I'm starting to go in that older direction of uh, midlife crisis people slash who um, need people. about a quarter done with with my life kind of. Need people <laughs> are the luckiest all that, people. All right, that's all you can sing. Or we're gonna get sued. That's all you can sing. Just that line. It was one of my mom's. It was one of my. I know. I know. That's why. <laughs> I, that's why I stopped. But <laughs> that's why I stopped. But I will say that we will. Do you feel like part of your bringing up with the music that you like came from your parents? Because Barbara Streisand definitely came yeah. from my mom. That's where I got my love of Michael Jackson. Because yeah. Because my mom and the Beach mm-hmm. Boys. That you know. wasn't from my mom, but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to all uh, you yeah, rich people. I, you know. Just... And in honor of yeah. the rich of the rich people's mm-hmm. birthday, I think it's time. I think it's time we uh what time we, is it? We, we, oh. we get us a little sippy sip. You know, we'll we'll throw one up to uh, but I just we'll, put this I just I just um put this floor down so I can't, you know, uh, give a little sip and then, you know, you pour can't, out, pour, you pour, can't pour one out for, for the homies. homies. I, can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't, I just put this floor down, man. I ain't got, I ain't got no cleaning supplies. What, to clean up so what are you, what are you sipping on right now, man? Oh, this is, I went to BK today. Burger King for, for those of you playing along. So I'm not, and so I'm not doing the sippy sip of the Gatorade. Um, I'm waiting on that sponsor to call back. But anyway, what I'm saying <laughs> is, <laughs> no, I'm just getting some liquids. I went to Burger King today and thought Diet might, Coke. Nobody was at the house. I'm just Diet Coke. Yeah, nice. and yeah, I got me some so energized. Like and I, I got eat. and I got me some Dr Stop. Pepper here. So let's get our sip real quick. Nice. You know, got to get our sip real quick. Hold let's on. get a sip. Right. Hold on. There's your, okay. Let me get my ah. mm. delicious. I can't, I can't sip the way I want to. It's too full. My so, every man. time we every time we do sippy time, man, if you're listening, you know, you got to sip along with us. It's how it works. Yeah, so, uh, so a lot of things happening in entertainment, uh, right now. Uh, and we're, we're gonna sit here and talk about some of the bigger things that have coming up right now at our entertainment news desk.
Now it's time for all the news that is news from Todd's News Desk. Where's Ted Cobble? Like should have a sound to it. Where's Ted Cobble when you need him? Yeah. You know? Right. Or, or right. Uh, today, Walter Cronkite. And today, Walter we are, Cronkite. You know? <laughs> so, uh, just announced today as this taping. So, well, we'll start here. A couple days ago, it was announced that Robert De Niro just had a new kid at 79 years old. If you ever wonder if your plumbing still works in your 70s, Robert De Niro is proof that, yes, it does. Did you hear the latest, though? Hold on. We're getting to that. I, oh, you I, got that? I, okay. wanted, to, I right. wanted to bridge that with this new thing that got announced I today. Get I get it. Uh-huh. I get it. Because Al Pacino is not one to be outdone by Robert De Niro. At 83 years old, it has just been announced that Al Pacino is expecting a new child with his 29-year-old girlfriend. Who also used to date Mick Jagger. 29-year-old girlfriend is expecting a baby with 83-year-old Al Pacino. God willing, Um, he would be 101 by the time the kid turns 18. Um, I have lots of th- I have some thoughts about that because I was watching a show today where they were discussing this topic, and you know I've I've thought about this every time I see that. Even when Janet got pregnant at fifty, I kind of yeah. thought, "Here's the thing, though. The only thing I'm thinking of financially, you're set. These kids have to have some kind of nurturing, um, mm-hmm. and that's fine if they got." You know, the kid will have a 29-year-old mom to hang out with or whatever, but I'm not really – I mean, hey, who knows? Uh, Al Pacino might be able to go out there and throw a baseball in six years, you know, when he's 90 or whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, I don't – financially, like I said, financially, I think it's cool that you can take care of a child like that and everything will be taken care of for the rest of the – whatever. But I think a child's bringing up most of the time is better. Not all the time. I mean, but if the, if the dad's around and he's able to, you know, I don't, mm. this kid is going to be ha- probably losing his father before he reaches the age of who knows. I mean, people can live forever. These, well, these and that's days, the but, thing. Like, so Al's 83. Okay. <clears throat> Let's just say Al lives in to be 93. The kid will be nine when his dad dies. Like, what sucks about yeah, yeah, these yeah. older than old celebrities having kids is you're introducing automatic trauma to your children because you're going to die before I, the kid is old enough to really like have a life with you. You know what I mean? And so yeah, you're yeah. automatically guaranteeing this kid is going to have dead dad trauma. You know what I mean? And yeah, you're rich and you can like, afford to like have fancy nannies and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, is it really fair to the kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, true. What I think though, too, is what I was thinking about these people that were talking and it kind of made sense for a minute. And I can't remember how she said it. The girl that was saying it. So I, like they're something like financially to like what she was saying, which is pretty much like, like it's a business transaction kind of thing. You know, this woman wanted a child, you know, and he was able to give it to her, whether, I don't know, I don't know how they did it, but 
who knows? Probably, probably just old fashioned way. Did you skip uh, sex ed in high school, man? I can tell you how they did it. I mean, I mean, we might have, um, I was, kids I, cover your I'm ears. Kids the, cover your ears. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I'm on the second chapter. Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. I got, I got like seven more chapters to go, man. Hold when on. a mommy no. and daddy love each other very much, or just tolerate each other, you know, then <laughs> after pretty, an pretty hour much. or so of after an hour or so of special hugging, you know. Anyway, special <laughs> hugging. Right. And what they like to call spooning. Spooning. No, what I mean by that is, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're picturing in our mind some kind of like house over, you know, with a big farmland where what's the kid going to do? Maybe they live in an apartment. You know, she has an apartment conveniently in, you know, New York. And he's not even there that much. He just kind of comes by. The mother's going to probably raise this stuff, you know, whatever it is, a boy yeah. or girl, whatever, uh, yeah. twins, maybe, who knows? Right. But um, she'll probably be doing the raising, and who knows if there's been, you know, children raised without fathers. Um, mm-hmm. Not all the time, all not all the time, um, with great results, but there has been a lot. I was kind of raised without a father. I seem to be okay, but, you know what I mean? So I think that, you know, at least he'll have his, or she or he will have their mother to hopefully raise them but who knows you know um yeah we don't know but i think in my opinion i think dude you're just too old go spend your money or something on something else i mean here's hoping that you know things work out but we don't know the details maybe he wanted to like carry you know his bloodline with somebody and hopefully if it's a boy he can he can do that or whatever Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter anymore anyway so i i really don't understand why old people do that i that's just my personal opinion because it's psychologically for the kids messed up yeah later on i guarantee it guarantee it guarantee it yeah uh anyway (laughs) uh also in the news apparently and this has been happening at every show people have been walking out in droves uh at shania twain's concerts really people audience members have been walking out because the shows, according to them, are terrible. Oh my gosh! Because either, she's lip syncing a lot, that and apparently it's like obvious. And some people have said it seems like she's drunk, and some people have just said like it's just like it's not the show that they were hoping for, and mm-hmm. you know which runs into the whole thing of so many artists now are lip syncing and singing to tracks and all that kind of thing. And audiences are starting to catch on and they're starting to get pissed because yeah. they've paid $300 in some cases, $700 if you're Taylor Swift and they expect to hear you, not the record. They want to hear yeah. you. And just like, that's why I won't go see kiss now. Because Paul is lip syncing. Yeah. There is no live singing with Paul Stanley. He's lip syncing. And I have no interest mm. in watching Paul lip sync some of my favorite Kiss songs. I saw the first Farewell you Tour. The and, if you want to do that. Right. And we, we both got to see the original lineup when they got back together. Yeah. So I'm good, you know. But yeah, yeah. it's a really crazy time when all these artists are thinking they can cut corners like that. But the problem is fans nowadays have gotten a lot smarter and there's youtube and there's web forums 
where they're going online, sharing videos, showing evidence, saying, look, she's singing and she's not even near the microphone. How are these lines coming out? Like Motley Crue has been doing that this tour. Vince Neil is completely lip syncing too. And it's funny because you still can understand what the hell he's saying. But, <laughs> there, but there's one part in the show in the Motley Crue one that I've seen this video and they're doing same old situation, right? And they get to the chorus and yeah. he holds the mic out for the audience to sing it. And his voice is still going. Yes. And there's another one. They're playing Dr. Feelgood, I think it is. And Nikki Six is playing Mm -hmm. bass. And it's these chugging eighth notes that are really driving. He takes his hand off the bass and it's still going. It's still doing it, yeah. It's like, it's all Mm -hmm. tracks. The only person live is Tommy Lee and John Five. They're the only ones live. And Mick Mars was saying that when he got let go or left or whatever. He said that that was his biggest problem with the stadium tour was that everything was on track. And he goes, I can play. I don't need a track. I can play this. And they, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he said, like, I think he said 75% of the show is all pre-recorded. See, I wondered with that, I was wondering if they, cause they, they start the tour with him. Is that, and then, then like Mick, in the middle mean? of it or whatever was this? Yes. No. So they because did the I stadium tour. issues. So they did the stadium tour, which was the when they got back together, and it was them, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and Poison. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mick was in that whole tour. After that tour was over, Mick's like, "My health is not what it was." Um, you know, it, that tour was really, really hard on him, and so he wanted to step away live. He still wanted to be in the band, like studio wise, and you know, be in on decisions and stuff. But live, he was like, I just, I can't mm-hmm. anymore. And apparently the band kind of ousted him in a way. I don't know all the details. Um, they brought in John Five, who is amazing. John Five is just, a, he's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there ever yeah. was a great yeah. fit for Motley Crue, you know what I mean? And I've seen videos yeah. of him yeah. and he's killing it. He sounds amazing. But... Now Mick has gone on this whole thing of just saying, look, it's not even live half the time. So, so is he, did he go out of the group then? And then now he's kind of like dissing them because he's out though. Is that kind of yeah. what's going on? Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's an original member. So I, I can feel his anger. I think that, yeah. you know, when certain people leave, it's the same thing. It's like, we're all in it together. And if not one of us is in it, then none of us are in it. But then when right. one of them are gone and the money, the money's still shiny over here going ding, 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 ding. Look at us over here. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a replacement. Like, that really sucks for four brothers that were together as a group at the, for the beginning. And he was definitely at the beginning. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know what you feel about that. Cause I feel, I can feel, you know, if you're not up to it, we still want to go on, then that's cool. But no, the I think that's is a total different thing. I that's, think, that, you know what I mean? I think if Mick's not up to it and the band wants to keep going on, that's awesome. And he doesn't have any problem with that. It was his idea for yeah. them to get a, to get John Five and get a, get a new guy. <clears throat> but yeah, he still wanted to be in the corporation side and be in on decisions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because he's not playing mm-hmm. live, the band is like, mm, nah. And like to me, I think no. that's crap because Molly Crew would not have existed if it wasn't for Mick Mars. I've yeah, seen the movie The true. Dirt. I know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I even read the book and like Mick mm-hmm. was a very big reason Motley Crue exists. 
He even created the name, like everything, you know? So <clears throat> to totally oust him out of everything, I think is bullshit, especially when he was doing the right thing saying, look, my health can't handle this, but I want you guys to go on and do what you yeah. want to do. You know what I mean? And the kiss thing is different yeah, because, I mean, because sure go ahead. No, like, yeah, kissing is different. But I was saying the only thing, the reason I was wondering about if he was the one when he, you know, after he got let go, started talking about it, I wondered if the tracks thing could have been because of his health, you know, could have been helpful no. for him in his health situation at the beginning. Mm -mm. Maybe I thought maybe that was what. From what, what I, from what I understand, he still played live. From what I understand. Because well, um, I know that, yeah. Well, I mean, look at Vince. Vince can't see anymore either. So he, I thought, you know, that would probably be a factor in there too. Because Vince is yeah. horrible when they try to when they isolate. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's horrible. Like, it's you, horrible. like what did he? What? What did he say about a bee? What? What? Like, <laughs> there's a great <laughs> video, and I just can't remember. Chubba bee is what one of the lines they show, and it's like, and it's translated with like, like yeah. Uh, yeah. subtitles, and yeah. oh my god, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, I think lip syncing is dishonest and you're ripping off your fans and it's insulting. Um, yeah. there are exceptions like, <clears throat> for example, in the nineties, we won't go to the last tour he did, but in the nineties, Michael Jackson would lip sync part of the shows. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the songs that he yeah. had to do yeah. super heavy dance stuff. He lip synced, but he also sang live mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it was probably what 70% of the show was probably him singing and the rest was lip syncing when he originally started yeah. doing stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's okay. That's okay. And the audience I think is probably in on it. Like he doesn't tell the audience, but they, they know, but like, but for someone like him, you don't go see him just to hear him sing, you go see the spectacle and the fact that the dancing and the, the stage show and things like that, you're not going to see Shania Twain for all that stuff. It, it's all a pet. Like it's all technically put together. Like this is going to happen at this specific time. You know, it's mm -hmm. all put together like that mm -hmm. and, and his show. Cause it's all, it's all, you know, like video stuff and like yeah. all that. So it's a, it's a show where crew, Molly Crew is just, I mean, I'm sure they just, you know, they have some kind of routine too, but their songs are just supposed to be played live and are played in a certain order or whatever. Mm -hmm. They could probably change it up if they wanted to and play something else if they wanted to. Michael wouldn't be able to do that. You know, so right. that's the Molly Crew thing, I think. You know, I love bands that can just go off the cuff. I mean, you know, of course, Michael, but like bands, I feel like sometimes I like rock bands. Not so much like a dance group, you know. Right. We just saw Janet last week. That kind of thing. I understood that too, you know. But but something that. But she sings live to too, see, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's probably about sixty percent of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm just saying that I think that when you have to do it, when you're out of breath or whatever, and you're doing a routine in a show. But if you're a band, I don't know. When we, I was working at a bar called Mo Doggies in uh, Michigan a while back, when we had bands. Back you in the before time, playing in that band too. Way mm -hmm. back, and you would fill in, and you were part of a group mm -hmm. uh, a few times. You know, I don't remember you having to have any tracks because you were just playing some music. 
you're just playing some live song. Well, right. And, you know, they can't say, I mean, people can't throw the argument of, well, they're older. Because Paul McCartney is old as hell and is still singing everything live and playing live and touring a lot. Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl is in his 50s, if I remember correctly. He might even be older than that. I mean, hold on. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a 52, 53. Dave Grohl right now is 54. So him and Pat are, yeah. are around the same age and they're on a world tour right now and they're killing it. Like it, it can be done. So if you're just so lazy or just can't come to grips with the fact that you don't have it anymore. So instead of just retiring or just doing something else, you're going to rip off your fans by making the whole show, nothing but lip syncing. I think you need to get out of the business. There's no, you have no business here. You know what I mean? Can I, yeah, for sure. But can I give a counterpoint to that to say that maybe let's say this is a legendary performer that fans still really want to see. And they're mm. up there in age and stuff, but they really just want to see if they still got it. And one more time, I remember uh, a story of Frank Sinatra that I think I told you before, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like fans want you out there. And if mm. you screw up, sometimes if you're singing live and you screw up, and your legendary performer, or just somebody that just, I'm sorry, they don't care. They'll leave no. the root for you because you messed up and try again. You know what I mean? There's that's this what, really cool clip of um, of uh, Louis Capaldi. You know, you know who that is. Yeah. So yeah. he was doing his big hit, um, "Someone Beautiful. You Love." No, is that him? Someone you that's love. Right. That's right. And so yes. Louis Capaldi has Tourette's. Okay. And in this show, he wasn't able to sing that song. Because his situation was yeah. messing with him. The audience yeah. sang the whole song and didn't care. They That's supported cool. him. They were like, we got you, bro. And they sang. And he just stood there listening while they sang the whole thing. And, like, to me, if I'm in the audience, let's say I'm going to go see, like, oh, I'm trying to think of an older. Okay, let's say I'm going to see Metallica, which I am in November. Let's say James Hetfield yeah. is struggling one night and he can't sing sad, but true perfectly. And he messes up a bunch. I don't care because he's actually trying and he's actually giving it all he has. He's not ripping off anybody. He's, he's giving yeah. it everything he can. Whereas people that are lip syncing, yes. you know, yeah, they're dancing around, but at the end of the day, they're not really doing anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so you got to remember, I especially guess if you're a singer, like if, you, if you're a singer, like if you go to see, if you would have gone to see George Michael and he was lip syncing. Oh my God. Yeah. He didn't. I would have been. No, but. he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> that was because, you know, because uh, he didn't, you know, he moved around a little bit, but that's sure. what I'm saying. Like when you're a dancer, as far as like you know the people that that I would you know we like together, yeah. but you know like those people are putting on a performance, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. Try to like I I just watched the bad uh, concert from Wembley just a few days ago, just because yeah I was in a bad mood and I wanted to what get great myself show. out of it, so I was yeah. And even in that one though, he did Thriller with his own you know singing that one. That was usually one of the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. His live vocals because it's such a, the song itself is such a performance, same as Billie yeah. Jean, you know. But uh, 
But, you know, I was watching that and I was like, after the first couple songs, I'm like maybe 12 minutes in, I'm like, I'm out of breath. Like watching him, how is he mm-hmm. singing, dancing, doing all this stuff and going from this side of the stage over to the other side of the stage all at the same time. Yeah. And then going to say, okay, and then say, okay, I'm going to slow it down now. And then sit down and sing a couple slow songs without any like problem whatsoever. How is that? Because you gotta have, you know, you gotta have uh, the. It's okay. Some people get out of breath, you know, and I just think that mm-hmm. if you're doing that, and you have to do a half and half. Even it doesn't bother me when it comes to certain people, but well, no, because Michael, I think Michael understood when he did have to start lip syncing certain songs for that very reason. He understood though that he, the people want to hear him. And he understood, okay, well, I have to do that, but I'm still going to sing live because that's what people are here for, too. So you're going to get both. And then it's okay. Yeah. I, you know, My only problem is when the 100% of the show is lip syncing and there's no, you know what I mean? When it's just coming out there. I mean, Frankie Valley is 88 years old, okay? Frankie Valley is still going out there and singing at 88 years old. Yeah. 88. Um. The bro don't move yeah. much because he's 88, but he still goes out there and he still does it. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, there's some auto-tune on his voice, but he's 88. He's 88. And even yeah. with, yes, auto-tune is cheating too. Yes, blah, blah, blah. But he's <laughs> trying. He's doing the thing like you were saying. Like, they want to see if he can still do it. They want to hear the songs. And Frank's like, man... The only way I can give them these songs is if I have to do this. It's not lip syncing, so it's not necessarily dishonest, but I'm, yeah. he's still going out there and doing it. And Frankie's not charging six hundred dollars a freaking ticket, but he probably he probably can't hear that well either. So he, had, he probably has empty ears, you know. That mm-hmm. screws with your your pitch with mm-hmm. your pitch when you you know you've lost your hearing. So yeah, you know. yeah. So yeah, leave us in the comments of this. Let us know what you think about uh, the new lip sync craze going on. I. Uh, I know I wouldn't go see a concert if it was lip syncing. Now, I've made Taylor Swift jokes about her tickets, but she's completely live. I know that for a fact. There's no lip syncing there. Yeah. But um, so kudos. And her show is three and a half freaking hours without it, with no intermission. Three and a half hours. My -hmm. God. Like, I know. Even in my twenties, I'd have been like, Mm-mm. but no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my sister is going to see that uh, next weekend, actually. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, next up in the news, um, Andy. Oh, how do you say his last name? Muschietti, the guy that directed the It movies. He directed the new Flash movie that's coming out, which okay. looks incredible. Don't get me wrong. But the reason it looks incredible is because Michael Keaton is returning as Batman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and he looks great. And the scenes they've shown are just, oh, there's one part in the trailer. I don't know if you've seen it where Batman's Batman's standing there. He's Michael Keaton in full bat suit, but without the mask on. Right. And he goes, want to get nuts? Okay, let's Ah. get nuts. And I'm like, yes, like. Is it fan oh, service? Absolutely, but it's the most delicious kind of fan service. But uh, but the reason I bring great. that up is I'm sure you're aware of all the stuff Ezra Miller has done. Like, give me a give me the, a recap. 
burglary, assault, um, grooming young women. Oh, um, we're ta- I thought we were talking about movies he had done. No, Oops. no, no, his I'm crimes. A- so, oh, okay. weirdly, in a weird way, Warner Brothers hasn't really addressed it all that much, other than saying, like, he's in therapy and all this other stuff. But... And I understand why they didn't reshoot the Flash movie. It was done, and it would have cost the same cost of the movie to do it all over again. Don't Mm -hmm. redo it. Just focus it more on Batman in the trailers, and it's fine. But the director of this just said if they made a sequel, they'd bring Ezra Miller back again. What are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. something like that? Do you think – I'm genuinely curious because I don't know know how I feel. But, like, do you think, you know – with everything that, that he's done or been accused of or everything, do you really think it's wise of Warner Brothers to keep doubling down on him and bring him back more? Or do you think they should recast and just kind of move on after this? So this is a Warner Brothers movie? So, yeah, Warner Brothers – well, now it's Warner Brothers Discovery. But <clears throat> Warner uh, Brothers owns DC. So oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. own all okay. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So – yeah. What this movie is, for those of you not, not familiar, so the new Flash film is based on a comic series called Flashpoint that came out in the 90s. God, check my nerd card, people. I'm, I think it's 90s. Where Flash discovers that he can go through time with the, how fast he runs, and he goes yeah. back in time to stop the death of his mother. Oh. Now, when he does that, he messes up everything and the world gets all screwed up and in the comic book um batman is batman's dad and his mom is the joker after all that and it was bruce wayne that got killed not his parents (laughs) and it's really it's it's a great story it's amazing so they borrowed from that a little like that doesn't happen in this movie but they borrowed from that a little and flash goes back in time to stop the death of his mom and the timeline gets askewed, and Batman is no longer Ben Affleck. It's Michael Keaton. Superman is no longer Henry Cavill. It's uh, the, the lady whose name I forget. Oh, my God. She looks amazing, though, uh, as Supergirl. And villains come back from all the other stuff. And apparently he leaked. We're going to see Nicolas Cage as Superman, which was a Tim Burton okay. movie that was supposed to happen that never did. We're going to get a cameo okay. really quick because alternate universes. And I guess yes, Christopher yes. Reeves and Adam West are going to sort of be mentioned or seen. And like, so they're pulling all, out all the stops. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. So that's the story of the film. So with it being time travel, it would be very easy for them to have reshot the ending. And yeah. the Flash, you know, fixing everything, or so he thinks. And then at the end of the film, it's no longer Ezra Miller; it's somebody else. Mm. Like so it, you know, the whole like somebody should direct the whole thing again. Is that what you're no, saying? No, somebody no, um, no, no. What I what I'm saying is, they should have left the the movie how it is. I get that, but I personally oh, yeah, yeah. would have changed the ending a little to make the time travel also okay. affect how the Flash looks, thus justifying oh, yeah, yeah. bringing in a new actor when they move forward with sequels and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you, you think? Me, do, you, well, do you think that that... Asking, oh, go uh, ahead. To cancel? Oh, yeah. 
the canceling of that that director you're saying of the actor we're talking about of that? the actor oh, of the Ezra, actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah ezra yeah. miller yeah that's what i mean i'm sorry i said director yeah see that's really touchy with me i don't know it's just like i feel like i will trust the law and the court system for that mm-hmm. because i don't feel like anybody should be put in guilt eyes right until proven guilty but and he was he was though just see he was, he was proven, proven guilty. Yes, yes. So, oh, I thought you said he had. A, did he have a couple pending? I no, guess no matter. No, he. So all the assault and burglary and all that, and the kidnapping of a young girl, all happened and was confirmed, and he already got sentenced for all the burglary and stuff. So, like, it's public knowledge. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. So my yeah. my question being, knowing that I... it's public knowledge, knowing that like he was convicted and or or just that it's been true do you think warner brothers is right by keeping him and putting him through therapy and letting him try to redeem himself or do you think they should just move on with somebody else like what would you do in that situation you know what i mean yes yes well one thing is i know that what the reason i said warner brothers it didn't matter because there's a whole bunch of big ones Warner Brothers ain't trying to have their money getting messed up. Yeah. Trying, so they've done research. They've, they know all the things about, well, if we just say that maybe we can send him, would that be good enough to say that if we're going to send him for therapy? Mm-hmm. And because we got to keep, if can we just keep it the way it is and just promise? I, I'm sure they don't want to spend a whole bunch more money filming a whole bunch of other stuff if they have yeah. to do that. Yeah, I just... I think that the movie um, company is probably doing what they think is the best for their money. Cause I don't right. think it's anything to do with any kind of like feelings. I'm pretty no, sure. No, no, no. You know, it's, they just don't want people to stay away from the movie theater because of that. And so they got to put a comment out there to say, yes, you know, this guy is trying to redeem himself and go to counseling. And not, I don't know if redeeming isn't the right word for it. No, but it's just trying to get yeah. this. Yeah, I just didn't feel right. But you know, to be able to do that, maybe we give him a chance. You know, there's been, and I'm saying I've been guilty of it too. But the last few years, there has been a lot of canceling of things. Something yeah. we don't know all the details. And I mean, this guy, we definitely know the details. <sighs> but is it? Can we give him a second chance and maybe I see don't. Because people, now, I, I don't, don't necessarily believe in cancel culture per se, mm-hmm. because I think. Yeah. Well, first of all, cancel culture isn't real. Um, it's only real if Me. you let it, it's only real if you let it be. But like, I, 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 well, what I mean is like, okay, as an example, so Kevin Spacey, right? It shattered my soul when all that stuff about Kevin Spacey Me came too. out. He was one of my, one of my favorite, favorite actors. actors. Yes, me too. In the whole world. And that came out and it broke my heart. And I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. I still, you know, does that mean I'm never going to watch a film he was in before that I loved? No. Now, does it, does it mean I'm going to, it might mean I'm not going to give him money now. You know what I mean? Knowing these things, but like, it was stuff like Bill Cosby. Okay. Stuff that Bill did wasn't okay. Wasn't okay. Does that mean that I don't think the himself special is funny? No, but if Bill went That's on tour, I mean. yeah, yeah. but if Bill went on tour, I ain't going, and I'm not giving him right. money. Like, 
it's a weird slippery slope and i know it might offend some people and if it does i'm sorry like trying to separate the person like we talk about all the time from the person from their actions and sometimes i have a really hard time with that especially when it's something i grew up on and i'm so like it's so ingrained into me as a person i have a really hard time just saying screw everything they ever did and never looking at it at it again but yes i do believe the severity of the defense or of the offense i'm sorry the severity of the offense should reflect whether they get work in the future like should johnny depp have been released from the pirates franchise absolutely not but should bill cosby get work now no you know what i mean like yeah but i still own records of his and once in a while i'll listen to him i won't advertise like the genius of bill cosby but in the privacy of my own home i might still listen to some of his older stuff just because it's what i enjoyed as a kid but you know do i think bill cosby should get work no and uh, like i kind of feel like ezra miller is tiptoeing on that same line like the burglary mm-hmm. and stuff i mean whatever ice t was a criminal and look at him like ice t went yeah. on to do amazing things and he's an incredible actor now and he you know does all this awesome charity stuff and he's he's ice t is amazing yeah but he didn't sexually assault people and he didn't kidnap people like so i you know i guess that's my big thing is where do you think the line is between okay he made some mistakes and we're gonna let him better himself and learn and grow or just be you're done you know what i mean because it's like ezra miller is going to be in more movies by the sounds of it but kevin spacey can't get any work and the offenses are almost the same Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and I'm not saying yeah. give Kevin Spacey probably, work. Hold on. I'm not saying give Kevin Spacey work. I'm saying hold everybody to the same standard. And let me tell you something, though, what I think is some of this stuff is as we uh, progress, we also grow and sure. we also learn. And we know that what was maybe something that we, I'm sorry, canceled somebody else. Then mm. now we might be thinking, like, can we do we have to do that? Maybe we can right. give somebody a chance. So maybe whatever that was seven, eight years ago when that happened to Kevin Spacey, maybe our mindset was that he's done. He's done. And now these years later, we're thinking like, was it right to just say, Hey, you know, was it really right for mm-hmm. his personal actions to be something that was when we want to watch a movie, does that have to go, you know, coincide with it? Does it have to yeah. go together? You know, but then again, like with Kevin Spacey, I want to say this, that, you know, he's one of the, once again, one of my favorite actors, one of my favorite movies is American Beauty. Yes. And just the, masterpiece. the concept of that. Masterpiece. The concept of that story, you know, is not setting right in my mind as I watch. Because it's, I, you know, if you've never seen it, I'm not going to say, but you know, just no, you know, know what, what I'm mean. talking about. Though. Yep. Yep. So that whole thing is like, so there might be certain movies that I wouldn't want to, see certain people in because it would remind me of maybe the, the things that they might have allegedly done if only they had not been convicted if they've been mm-hmm. convicted guilty whatever but i'm just saying like sure anyway but yeah yeah like you're you're, you're not gonna hire charles manson to do a telethon 
Do you know what I mean? No, no. Like, you know what I mean? No. So, right. I mean, there maybe there is right. no answer really right now, but like, it just it's a really interesting um, topic to me as far as like how far is too far. You know what I mean? Right. And not not to me yes. because I know how far is too far to me. Like once yes. there's assault and especially sexual assault and things like that, then I'm done with you. Like that's that's it. Yes. But yes. for Hollywood, how far is too far and why why is it too far for some but not too far for others? I guess is what I don't yeah. I can't comprehend. And I know neither of us are gonna know the answer to that question. But never ending. Never ending. And, and we'll it never sucks find because and it sucks because Ezra Miller is a phenomenal actor. Um, my girlfriend showed me this film. I don't know if you've ever seen it called the perks of being a wallflower. Mm-mm. And it's no. him and Emma Watson from uh, Hermione from Harry Potter. Uh, and I forget yes. the other main kid's name. I'm sorry. Um, but it's an amazing, it's amazing. It is an amazing film. It's based on a book, but it's an amazing, I'd never seen it. I cried. It was, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a drama, yes, and I won't talk about what it's about because yeah. it kind of – it's one of those movies that if you tell the plot, you kind of spoil the movie. But yes, I highly yeah. recommend anybody who's never seen it, if you like a great drama, it is so good. And he is incredible in that movie. And that I think was his first like big starring kind of thing. And yeah. like it was nothing but success in the future for that kid. And then you yeah. get him in Justice League, and you know he's still great, but the the movie was. Meh. Um, so when the Flash was mm-hmm. coming, I'm like, sweet, he gets his own movie. I know he's a great actor. I know he's gonna kill this. And then all that stuff starts happening, and I'm like, oh, there goes another yeah. one. Yeah, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely would be interested in people's opinions on that too. Like, when are you gonna go uh, June? I want to say I want to say it's in like two weeks. Uh, let me look here because thankfully we do these on a computer, and I have the internet right here. Um, the Flash comes out June sixteenth. Okay. So like two and a half ish weeks, right? Ish. That's um, Wednesday. Yeah. And I hardcore want to go see it in the theater. Maybe we could both go see it because, and we'll review it on an episode. That'd yeah. be fun. Hitman and Todd go to the movies. Sure. You know, it'll be like Men on Film, only not. Um, for those of you who watch The Living Color, yeah, know what I'm talking exactly. about. But uh, yeah, um, tell us in the comments. Two snaps, or, a... <laughs> two snaps and around the world. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Um, <laughs> Hated it. If you've never watched In Living Color, please do. You're in for a treat. Oh, really quick side note before this last um, news bit. So uh, I saw this thing on TikTok. I don't know if you know this. So the movie Liar Liar, right? Uh-huh. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. a uh-huh. scene where there's like a fire happening and they're all standing in a crowd and there's firemen behind everybody. And Jim Carrey's in the people that are standing there. I want to say it's Liar yeah. Liar. Um, but behind him with the firemen is him being Fire Marshal Bill. Oh my God. And nobody noticed. Like, he doesn't talk or anything, but he's standing back there among the firemen right. as Fire Marshal Bill. To watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Jim Carrey. That's cool. Um, I do too. 
So, yeah, let us know what you think about, you know, about how far is too far and, you know, what what you think about, you know, how actors like that should be approached nowadays. I, I, I'm i someone, you know, and also because I have another YouTube channel um, called Todd's Turntable Talk, Cheap Plug, where I, where I talk about records and stuff. And I love engaging with people in the comments and talking about stuff. So please, in the comments, let us know what you think about that. Neither, neither of us have the right answer, but I'd be very intrigued to see what people think the right answer might be. Um, yeah. Lastly, in the news, and this happened, I want to say, a little over a week or two ago, uh, but we haven't been doing these segments. Uh, Foo Fighters finally announced their new drummer. And their new drummer is the legendary Josh Freeze. For those of you who don't know who, don't know who Josh Freeze is, turn on the radio. You'll hear him literally probably at least once. Josh Freeze has played on over 400 albums as a session musician. Josh Freeze, uh, some great examples. Um, he played for Nine Inch Nails. He played for Devo for 25 years. He uh, had a band called The Vandals. He played in the first the first two Perfect Circle albums are him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Axl Rose put Guns N' Roses back together without slashing them, Josh Freeze was the drummer. Josh is in freaking credible. He is an amazing drummer. And when they did the um, the tour, or not tour, the Taylor Hawkins tribute shows, Josh Freeze played with Wolfgang Van Halen, Dave Grohl, and Justin Hawkins. They did a couple of Van Halen tunes. But then when the Foo Fighters did their own sets, Josh was the first drummer each time. And when I'm watching the special, I'm thinking, hmm, is it going to be Josh? Because he seems to be opening each time and then leaving the drums for other people. And yeah. I, the people that were in the big contention that people were like – hoping it was going to be were Josh Freeze, Matt Cameron, who is the drummer from Soundgarden and also now for Pearl Jam, um, yeah. Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers, where anybody mm-hmm. who knows Chili Peppers knows there's no way in hell that's going to happen. He's already got his own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And Rufus Taylor, who plays in the darkness and is the the son of Roger Taylor from Queen. Um, a lot of people I know are rooting for Rufus, but I I was a big I was like no it's Josh it's it's Josh, and they put out the the concert special called <laughs> preparing music for concerts because you know truth in advertising, yeah. and they do a little black and white like hour set in a, a live free live stream, but they sound incredible like. I'm so excited for the new album, like their new album drops as of this taping, the new album drops in two days. So by the next episode, by the time you hear this episode, the album will have been out and we'll review it on an episode after that. But, um, like, have you heard the new tunes at all? Any of the new ones? I heard the first one that they were rescued. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I could, I saw one of those. Uh, like the words, the video, yeah, the words video. on it. Mm-hmm. One of those. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, mm, uh, maybe I just wait for the next one because they always usually put like a eh, 
for the first song. Like, well, mm-hmm. the last few they did, but then I really enjoyed the whole album of like the, the Medicine at Midnight is one of my favorite albums ever. I don't know why nobody really ever talks about it. it just must be me. It must have hit at the right time. That's of their of their albums. Of their albums, my top two are Medicine at Midnight and Wasting Light are my two favorites. They're so mm-hmm. good. They're so good. Yes. But I'm I'm in that same boat. Like I I heard two. I've heard two of the songs, and they played mm-hmm. one during the live stream. But I kind of only half paid attention because I kind of want to be surprised when I hear the album. Yeah. Like yes. I want to put the needle down for the first time, and that be the first time I'm hearing the rest of these songs. Yes. And I want to take it yeah. in as an experience, yeah. as a as one solid work. You know what I mean? But there's people that are yeah. like, oh, Foo Fighters should have just hung it up and after Taylor died, they shouldn't have kept going and all that stuff. And it's like the Foo Fighters were a band before Taylor. Taylor was not the original drummer of the Foo Fighters. The, um, the one thing that I was wondering, though, is the per- the harmonies that Taylor would bring with Dave's mm-hmm. lead vocal thing. Is there is there anybody that's going to be able to fill yeah, those higher, uh, Chris uh, Shiflett. Chris Shiflett is doing it now, the guitar player. And okay. in, the, in the special, he did, and he sounds great. I mean, it's not okay, it's not yeah. the same because it's not Taylor, you know. But he sounds amazing. The only thing I'm sad about is on Good. this tour, they don't have the backing singers. The girls aren't with them. And oh, the I thought, yeah, them. and I thought they added such a really cool element. But when you look at the set list, they're doing a lot of stuff from albums before them. So you right. know, to bring yeah. them along on a whole tour for two songs probably no, didn't make see, a whole lot of like, sense. When I was talking about medicine and Bennett, there's a couple songs that those girls sing on on that album, and that was that that album is just almost like a different style of music. I mean, it's yeah. not, but it just doesn't. It fits with some background girl singers, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of their music doesn't. But the music on that one album that those girls were touring with them with were perfect fit. But do they really need the girls for the whole thing? Probably not. Right. Well, and like. I know they would do stuff from the album before that, uh, or a couple before that, Concrete yeah. and Gold, like Sky as a yes. Neighborhood and stuff, and have the girls oh, sing yes, it on that yep, too. Yep. But oh, like, because yep. yeah, when Medicine at Midnight, when that album kicks off, the first song is Making a Fire, and the first vocals you hear are the girls. And they're mm-hmm. they're incredible. But like, I'm so I'm kind of hoping they come back. I really am. But yeah. Um, yeah, me too. You know, I think... The, them moving on and moving forward and to keep going was a great a great thing and when you watch um, concert special and see the joy with with the band to be playing again and they all know Josh and they all have history with Josh so it's like a comfortable like transition you know it's like bringing yes. in an old friend to make the transition easier mm-hmm. Uh, I know mm-hmm. Josh is not on the record. The record is Dave um, because they hadn't chosen a drummer yet. And mm-hmm. I think also because the, the concept of the album is the whole album is about them coping with the loss of Taylor. And so it mm-hmm. made sense for Dave to be the one playing drums. But from what for I sure. understand, Josh is the li- is the drummer now and albums going forward will be Josh. But for this album, it's Dave. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And if they come to Detroit, we're going. I'm wrong with that. We're going if they come. I'll go that for sure, yeah. We're going. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's our entertainment right. news for the day. 
Um, and next up, another segment we loved to loved I can talk today doing, <laughs> and that is today in entertainment history. Now, there's not a lot of stuff in world history today for June 5th. Weirdly enough, apparently not a lot was happening on June 5th. Apparently, everybody just stayed home and nothing cool happened. But uh, uh, in 1956, though, uh, was the debut of Elvis performing Hound Dog on live TV for the first time. Wow, that is a big thing. It's the, the performance that earned him the nickname... Elvis the pelvis. That's yeah. right. In 1956. I don't remember which show it was, though. Do you? Did you say the Ed Sullivan show? I, I don't remember what show it was. Do you? Mm. Was it Ed Sullivan or was it Merv Griffin? No. It could have been the Steve Lawrence, because I remember a Steve Lawrence show where he did Hound Dog. Okay. And they had to tame him down a little bit. And, um, okay, yeah. And it was Steve Lawrence. And I don't, okay. It was in black and white. Yeah, I think so. They wanted him to calm it down. So the next time he came back, he wore a suit. And it was yeah. like a big deal. Like, oh, my God. So we now reformed him or whatever. It was like they're trying to make a joke out of it because he had made such a spectacle before. And I feel like it's a Steve Lawrence show, but I'm not yeah. 100 on that. Um, also today in 1968, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. The attacker, that was 20, today. yeah, the attacker, a twenty-four, wow. a twenty-four-year-old Palestinian, who was disgruntled uh, by Kennedy's support for Israel. The brother of the former U.S. president, John F. Kennedy, died on that following day. Two Kennedys assassinated. Hmm. I mean, that's just that's crazy, dude. When you think about it, that is, it is, it is. Um, on this day in nineteen seventy-seven. The world was introduced to the Apple II computer. Remember the Apple II? Mm -hmm. The big yeah. brown computer with yes. the green graphics on the screen that everybody played yeah. Oregon Trail on? Oh, yeah. Tetris, yeah. Yeah. And to this uh, day, we still feel Apple around as I'm recording this on a MacBook, wearing an Apple Watch, and we both have iPhones. So, you know. Yes. Thanks, Apple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my life, a lot of my life is lit. But I don't have my watch on, but because it sometimes interferes when you have too many other things at the same yep. time. that I want to answer because somebody had just tried to uh, FaceTime me a few minutes ago, and I had to go over there and shut it off because it was going ding ding, and the phone was doing. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't have my watch because all three would have been going off at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Apple fan. Now I'm not saying me Apple too. is better. It's it's just different. It's just different. I, I prefer it. That doesn't mean it's better. Um, it's a this or that. It's a this or that. That's right. What it is. It's a this right. Or that. Um, and then finally, in on a downer, a little bit to end this part. In 1981, was the first case of AIDS was reported. Uh, June 5th, oh. 1981. The Center for Disease Control mm. and Prevention described live cases of a rare form of pneumonia, a deadly immune deficiency disease, was later became known as AIDS. In 2000, more than 40 million people worldwide were affected. And of course, the most yeah. famous being Freddie Mercury, um, who they still yeah. have a foundation in his name. Um, that Queen, like a lot of their money they make from their tours every year, go to that foundation. 
I feel like I remember the first time I heard about the AIDS thing was when Rock Hudson had it. Remember when Rock Hudson yeah. had it? And yeah. he was on TV and he, he had his good friend Doris Day alongside of him and he was having a press conference. It kind of pretty much just, you know, they're going out and they're talking and whatever. And he had looked so bad. Nobody knew what it was. And this wasn't, I don't, this was might even been like, you know, it definitely was past 81. Sure. But I don't think it was like in between 81 and then when well, 91. If, if I remember uh, right, he was, he was the, Rock Hudson was the first celebrity to admit it, right? To admit right. that he had it? Yeah. 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 Because Freddie, yep. no, Freddie didn't announce it until two days before he died. Or the day before he died. Because the band kind of yeah. kept him protected because... It's it's yeah. nobody's business, you know, but Freddie had made really? appearances and looked really sickly and everybody kind of had a hunch. That's what it was, because unfortunately, in a, pro, yeah. in, a, in a profiling way, unfortunately, back then, AIDS was linked to homosexuality. Um, so because mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury um, was of that orientation, people just assume that's what it was, which is disgusting right. on, on his face. But not the yeah. homosexuality part, the people assuming that's why. Um, and then, yeah, it came out in the papers from him. He had it, and the next day he died. Which is crazy when you think about it. The timing on that, they made, it's real close. Go ahead and release that. <laughs> that's, that's, right, that's right. right. It's, right. it's getting real close. I mean, how would you? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's not funny. I don't mean it to be. I'm not laughing at no, no, no. what it is. I'm saying like the timing of it was like, did they go, okay, like, ooh, his breathing is going, getting really shallow. I think we got about 30 more minutes and we could send that out. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, like David yeah. Bowie, man. When David Bowie yeah, same. was dying of cancer, he went in the studio yeah. and recorded his final album while he was dying of cancer. And he was not okay. Like you see the music videos, yeah. you can tell he is sick. And yes. he went in there and recorded his last album. And like then the album came out, and didn't he die like a week later? Something not like even that. that. Yeah, yeah. A few days later, like three or four days later. Yeah. If you haven't heard David Bowie's Black Star, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I know you have, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's gonna end it for end it for our entertainment news and for the today in history. And I think we'd like to wrap up the episode today by talking about our album of the week this week. Last week, okay. Hitman uh, gave us an amazing album. I went back and listened to it after the show uh, with Tom Petty's Wallflowers because, God, it's such a good album. Uh, and, in, and in the vein of amazing production is where I'm going with mine this week. And the album that I would like to recommend, I just bought yesterday of this taping, is Brian Adams' album, Get Up. This album came out in 2015 and was produced by the legendary Jeff Lynne of Electric Light Orchestra. Anybody who's an ELO fan automatically knows what that sounds like. Yeah. yeah. No matter yes. what, no matter who it is, if you see Jeff Lynne's name on there, it sounds like this. Like... <laughs> Well, can I just say one thing? Free falling um, into the great wide open. Yes. Well, that's what I was saying. Like the, our two weeks kind of almost blending together in the yeah. common denominator is Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn didn't work on wildflowers, but no. you know, I'm just saying like 
great producers, whatever. Well, I'm just and, saying, I have, you know what? I, I didn't mean, know about this. I, I can't believe I didn't know about that. Until you told me yesterday that Jeff Lynn produced it. I, I didn't even yeah. know that. How well, come I didn't know that? It's weird. Well, go back and listen to it now knowing that. I and will, for and, sure. And you'll be like, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah and, for sure. You know, Jeff Lynn, you know, legendary, goes back with Electric Light Orchestra, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison. Uh, he produced Roy Orbison's final album, which is also a masterpiece of an album. Yeah. Uh, Mystery Girl. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. But yeah, yeah, this this album of Brian Adams um, called Get Up, it's really awesome because you get the grit of Brian Adams because he always has this kind of this kind of grit to him, to his style and to his voice. Yeah. But you combine that mm-hmm. with Jeff Lynn's production and the way he approaches instruments because Jeff also plays almost every instrument on this album, except yeah. for except for guitars. What... Uh, Brian Adams plays guitars, of course. Uh, Jeff plays some guitars, but bass and drums on this album are all played by Jeff. And Jeff has a wow. very distinct drum sound. That, very distinct. That's what I wanted to ask. That's what I wanted to ask. So, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but in the in the vein of let's say like the acoustic guitars of it's always prevalent in in uh, Jeff Lynn's re, you know production. Like even yeah. when he did the Flaming Pie with you know with Paul McCartney, it has like a it has like the the strut like a Tom Petty kind of vibe. Like a yeah. straight like usually there's some acoustic guitar in there more more than you know, and the drums are a little bit different than what you usually know. They're almost like a almost like canned drum. It's just a production. Does this have a sound of like a like one of those, like a, yep. like a, a Tom Petty album. Yep, like absolutely. A, uh, full Moon Fever, like yeah. Full Moon Fever kind of thing. Absolutely, it, it has huh? the same sound of cool. like the Joe Walsh album, Analog Man, that he produced. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the mm-hmm. Flaming Pie album is a great example. It sounds a lot like that too. Uh, yeah. So Jeff Lynn also album. produced Paul McCartney and Jeff Lynn. Okay, to show you how big of a important man Jeff <laughs> oh, Lynn is. I know where you're going. I he know also where you're produced going. the last two songs the Beatles ever recorded. Yes, and I mean, can I put in there too? I mean, I come on, that, you know. I got to put in that one, that one last thing that we didn't say because I thought you were going to say it. But when they interviewed John Lennon for one of the last interviews, you know, where I'm going with this. He, the interviewer, said, "So, if the Beatles were still together, what would they sound like?" And he said, "I don't know. Ask Jeff Lynne." Yeah. One no of John pressure, last Jeff. Interviews. He said that. <laughs> no pressure, Jeff. Um, yeah. So yeah, Jeff Lynn is one of my favorite producers in the whole world. Um, Me too. My favorites, if I had to do a top five, not saying you have to do this, but just off the top of my head, my favorites would be Jeff Lynn, Rick Rubin, uh, Daniel Lenoir, um, let me think, T-Bone Burnett. I'm going to give you one. Mm -hmm. T-Bone Burnett's amazing. And probably, man, it's a tie between Quincy Jones and George Martin. Really? Because now I know George Martin is bigger because of the Beatles and everything. But Quincy did some just amazing stuff the world has never heard before or since. Quincy... Here's one thing that, you know, maybe people don't know. He, Quincy was in the Rat Pack era because he's mm-hmm. old. 
you know. But so yeah, he produced Frank Sinatra. He was his band leader. Frank Sinatra's band leader was Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones produced My Way. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Now that now, you say that wrong, though, oh now, my that, God. now that no, now that you say that. Now that you I'm say really that, sad, I can. I might be wrong. I, I can say, hear I might that. Be wrong. I might be wrong. I'm going to look right now. I might be wrong, but he was, <laughs> he was with that. He's one of those big songs like "My Way" or "New York, New York." One of those. I swear, it could have been "New York, New York, New York, New York." I can't. It was one of the bigger ones. I could have swore it was one of those that he. So "My Way" was, was Sonny a, Burke, uh, okay. Frank Sinatra. Well, hold on, I I because I can hear. Oh, fly me to the moon. Okay. Fly That's, me to the moon. I knew it was a big one, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he also produced the, the final album Frank ever did. That's really cool. What was that called? Uh LA that is my lady in nineteen eighty four. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh where he did wow. Mac the Knife and mm-hmm. uh yeah. stuff like that. No, Quincy though. Just the, some of the amazing things that Quincy has done, like, really puts him in my my category of, and maybe top five yeah. is wrong because now I'm thinking of four more. But like, <laughs> but, no, no, you know why? You know why though? I, you didn't say Phil Ramone. I could have swore he would have uh, been in your top five. I'm fired. Yeah, Phil Ramone, who uh, produced literally all but two of Billy Joel's albums. Yeah, um, didn't do the last two, but. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. But going back to he did, he did some really yeah, he did some really good work though with some other people right around that same time. Mm-hmm. Uh gosh, I I know you know, but he was he brought some new life to some um people back in the day too. He, yeah. he, did, he did resurrect some people uh their career mm-hmm. for you know, producing even even if it's like he did some like like uh orchestral stuff too, I think I remember in some I can't remember who it was. I just wasn't prepared today, but I know. Oh, he, you're fine. Along with I don't remember Phil Ramon, I can't. I don't know why. There's a really good uh, documentary on him too. That I don't. We'll have to look that up. Look it up. And there, yeah. and I saw a part of it on YouTube, so I don't know. It was on YouTube, so I don't know if it was like a, through a streaming service or somebody made it. But it was really professionally done, and I watched about a half hour of it. And it was really they really were in deep with his story. So, that's that, awesome. That was really good. So yeah, circling yeah. back, uh, yeah, Brian Adams, get up. Where did I put it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, Brian Adams, get up. It's a great album. Um, only nine songs. Is it a full album? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say okay, okay. It's nine songs, and then uh, four acoustic versions yeah. of those songs ends the album. Uh, but it's a great record. I picked it up for like 20 bucks. You can get it on Amazon for like 20 bucks. It's, it's great. I love it. Cool. Cool. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we are going to talk all about the new Foo Fighters record that, uh, that, that drops. We're both pretty, pretty pumped about that. I hope it's good. I have, it it can't not be good, right? It can't not be good. It better be. (laughs) And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, my name is Todd Gilbert. And I am Brett the Hitman. And we will see you on the flip side. Toodles.
When I want to get new stuff to celebrate my favorite shows, there's only one place that I go to, and it's where you need to go to for all of the great merchandise from the PFC Entertainment Network. I go to the official online store, powered by CafePress.com. You can head on over to the official online store right now and see all of the latest t-shirts, hoodies, pants, coffee mugs, sippy cups, bed sheets, floor mats, and anything else that you can think of with the various logos and designs of all the great shows here on the PFC Entertainment Network, including Close to the Heart, The Real Podcast, Turnbuckle Time Machine, and even new merchandise for the heat vent. I'm not allowed to listen to that, my mom said, because Levi gets a little raw. But if I wanted new merchandise for the heat vent, there's only one place I go to that's where you need to go to, too. CafePress.com forward slash PFC Network, the official online store of the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network.